Welcome to Goonie's World. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I am joined, as always, by Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello there, everybody. And Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Hey, 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 and happy Halloween. And it would not be a Halloween special without Lunicorn, also known as Lynn. Hello, and happy Halloween. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so this is uh I don't I don't even I'm not going to keep track of how many Halloween specials this is, but we're playing a new system this time. Yeah. A new game called uh Mad Am I? Mad Am I? Yeah, this is a game I published in 2018 and uh is a short campaign really set on a mysterious island in the North Atlantic that for some reason it it's not undiscovered, but it had never been developed or escaped notice. It just didn't have any resources, you know, other than a little bit of water. Vikings visited it. In medieval times, some monks who were too Celtic and bizarre to be assimilated into the mainstream Catholic Church had built a monastery out here. But over time, that monastery foundered. But about a generation ago, an Anglican priest who was also a psychiatrist named the Reverend Dr. Oleander Mars came to this island and he built an asylum in the ruins of that old monastery where he could cure insanity without uh, prying eyes, do it in his own special way. At least that was the rumors and legends about this place. But it was very seldom visited. And the weather around here is treacherous, and there's a lot of shipwrecks that hit this island sometimes. People come here and they're never heard from again. And so... One of you got stranded here, and that is... Ryan, tell us your name again. I know the last name, Olafsson. What's your first name? Olifa. Olifa. Nice. Olafsson. Yes, you're here. And how did you end up here on this uh, godforsaken island? Well, I was coming here because... um, I, I I I come from Iceland and um, I am, I believe, uh, descended from the great Thor Thorson, and I uh, believe that he came to this island at one time on his way to Newfoundland, and so I came here to um, find evidence of him, and I found it everywhere. He's he's clearly been you know he was clearly been here uh, not in reality um, but in my right. mind he clearly was here and I have come here with poems and and uh, things uh, telling of his great Viking fearless um, you know adventures yes. um, which yeah. some of our listeners may already know about and you've been here for you know a month or two long enough to at least get your bearings and know where not to go there are degenerates in the hills nearby you know where the asylum is, the old monastery. If you climb up a hill, you can see it from a distance. But, you know, it's kind of a snaky path to get there from where you're encamped, which is within sight of the sea. And 
a few days ago, a person washed up on the beach. There was a shipwreck, and someone washed up, and Olafsson, uh, you went down and revived the person, nursed him back to health, brought him back to your campfire. You've gotten to know him for a couple of days now. So, Goni, why don't you tell us about your character, because that's who this is. Yeah, my name is H.W. Uh, Munson, and I'm a cattle rancher from the Dakota Territory. And uh, I was on an expedition uh, to uh, search for clues for uh, Atlantis. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of an uh, amateur archaeologist. And uh, so we was out there searching around, and uh, I had a disagreement about where whereabouts Atlantis might have been, and we got... Uh, I, I went off on my own in a boat, and, uh, well, that didn't end up <laughs> very well. So I, uh, there was a storm and all that, and I just washed up on this island. But, uh, well, I guess that's about all I can say. This fellow been taking care of me ever since. All right. And, a, and a, a partnership has been forged. But it's morning. You guys just woken up, and uh, you're eating a sea turtle for breakfast. And... You uh, are startled by footsteps, bootsteps coming out of uh, uh, the underbrush and the large boulders that are nearby, and you see a woman approaching. And Lynn, why don't you tell us about your character? Okay, I'm going to tell a few details out of character because this is not something she would share with people she just met. But she's uh, actually a trained intelligence agent, um, super secret because women weren't really uh, intelligence officers or agents back in the day, but she was hired under Grant to uh, infiltrate the KKK. Um, She is here on a personal mission to rescue her brother, Lance, who fancies himself a ghost hunter. Um, He left come investigate the island and has not, it's been months and he hasn't returned so she's kind of worried about him um, Kitty is not unattractive but she does have resting bitch face and she's not always the most uh, personal person uh, not a joy to talk to um, so yeah she is uh, dressed like a ninja she's got red hair, green eyes and uh, she wears super high heel boots and much like action actresses on television she can run in them just as well as she could run in a pair of running shoes mm-hmm. and i don't know if you said it or not but in case you didn't what what year is this set in like 18- this is set in the late 1800s yes okay late 1800s yeah. so when she says yeah and that's why i said uh dakota territory right and, and when she that. says grant she means ulysses yes. s yeah. So she approaches you, and it's rather a shock, but she doesn't seem to be approaching you uh, to attack or anything like that. And you've some, seen some crazy people on this island already, at least Olafson has, and you know this must be a newcomer from the way she's dressed. So I'll let you guys get to know each other. Meanwhile, I will point out the scene, the weather, real quickly. is uh, It's a very, very heavy mist, and there's even a light rain. But it's just something you get used to. And it's cool. You can hear thunder in the background. And there you are. Uh, you do not look like you're from around here. 
<laughs> what was your first clue? Well, you don't look insane, and you're not dressed like a crazy person. Oh, I see. Well, I'm Kitty. Kitty Carson. Oh. And I am... I've just landed. Well, what brings you to island, this island in particular? Well, I mean, I don't know anybody who would choose to come here. Well, my brother, he's easily duped and a little bit naive, as all rational people are obviously agnostic. But uh, poor Lance fancies himself a ghost hunter, and you know the rumors. This island is supposed to be haunted, and there's all, supposed to be all kinds of crazy things. And Lance decided it would be a good idea to venture on a mission to investigate. And now I've got to come all the way out here. I had to get myself here on a boat by myself and try to track him down before he gets his stupid self killed. Well, while that is a pretty remarkable woman survived all that, uh, well, you'd be surprised. Well, I surely would be surprised. Now, you said you had a boat? I do. Okay, well, well, that's helpful. We can take that boat and get right the hell out of this place. Well, we could if you help me find my brother, of course. If you don't help me, I won't be taking you anywhere. It sounds like you think your brother might be a bit uh, crazy or something you don't think that um you don't perhaps think that the 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 ghost stories he was um believing in are real well i certainly have never seen a ghost and as i said i'm a rational person rational people are agnostic everybody knows that yeah, what now that's the second time you used that word what's it agnog- agnostic yeah never heard such a <sighs> Word. I think that means that they can't smell. Oh, well, not my cousin means. had that problem. An agnostic is someone that believes that certain things are not knowable in this life. You can't prove the existence of God and ghosts and goblins, and therefore it is a waste of time and frivolous to waste your thoughts and energy on such things that cannot possibly be proven. It's not answers we can achieve in this life. Perhaps we'll know after we die. I don't know. I don't think once you die you know anything, but I'm not sure about that. But <clears throat> I can tell you I've been on this island for um, for, for some weeks now, and um, I think you will be changing your mind very shortly. Oh, do you now? Hmm. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? Oh, uh, God help me, I'm with a bunch of heathens. Okay, well... I didn't say I was an atheist. I said I was an agnostic. You need to learn the finer distinction of words, Well, I ain't much man. a reader. I'm a boots-on-the-ground, go-getter. I, I like action. And uh, that's why I came out look for... I don't even know... I say that Atlantis was... Uh, somewhere, you know, beyond the pillars of Hercules with the Straits ah. of Gibraltar. And I just went out there and looked right for it. I don't need to know nothing else about it. I don't read no Plato, um, the ty- Timius and Critias. So, uh, I, but, uh, well, unless this is Atlantis, I don't see how it could be. It didn't only, supposed to be under, totally under the wet water. 
This is unless a little portion of it maybe uh, you know, kept up. I doubt this is Atlantis. Though I don't see nothing that resembles. <laughs> yes, I doubt Atlantis even exists, dear. Well, now my uh, dad, I don't see why not. But we don't have to get into that now. Um, now you said uh, you'd help us. You'd, you'd show us the boat if we help you get your brother. I will, yes, I will take you away from this island on the boat along with myself and Lance once we have found him. Pretty happy to. Hmm. Mr. Munson, do you believe in God? Oh, I know, I, I know God exists. I, I've seen it. I live out on the prairie. I witness his glory every day. Oh, the prairie gods that stick their heads up out of the dirt. No, those are prairie dogs. Those are prairie dogs. You, you're a funny fella, but uh, no. Uh, you know, I was brought up good Christian man, and uh, that's what I believe. I read the Bible. Well, no, well I pretend to read the Bible, but uh, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, my faith. Um, now, why are you asking personal questions? Hmm? I was just curious what your thoughts were on... Uh gods like Odin. Oh, uh, well, uh, they're just made-up funny fellows that, uh, <laughs> those, those people came up with, just, uh, they couldn't explain the thunder in the sky, they said, oh, man must have done that, a man with powers, you know. Unlike your, uh, mysterious entity in the sky that yeah, unlike Loves that. everyone and is omniscient and I don't see a connection. All powerful. I don't see no connection. <laughs> <sighs> well, we'll see if uh, any god, whether Odin or Christ, has any power or dominion on this island. And if you do want to help, uh, you know from being here for a while, Olofsson, that most of the action is happening at the asylum. And that's... Uh, it's a bit of a, a journey north of here. You you know how to get there, but it's dangerous because you got to wind your way through the hills with have wild degenerates living in them. You know, cannibals, inbred, and uh, but there are there is action at the asylum. There are lights there. You've seen them in the distance when you climbed up on hilltops, like I said. But any newcomer here eventually gets rounded up and taken to the asylum. I don't You're suppose surprised they haven't caught you yet. I don't suppose you've seen a ginger gentleman running around appearing to be a legitimate investigator since you've been on this island, have you? Well, I will have to defer to the GM. No, I haven't seen anybody like that. I've not seen anything, anyone matching that description. I assume there would be some kind of family resemblance. Yes, a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both have red hair. Green eyes. Yes, I have not seen such a man, but if he is here, he is probably at the asylum. That is, it seems to be where everybody goes. They round everybody up. Um, it is only by the grace of Odin, or perhaps Christ, that uh, we have not been rounded up ourselves. Well, if you guys want to go there, you should probably start because, there's, remember, it was morning and you still have lots of daylight left. Even though that daylight is very, very dim and gray and misty with light rain, 
and the distant threat of thunder is better than being out here in the absolute darkness. And uh, Olaf knows that uh, you have to go to the north a little bit. There's uh, uh, some hills that spill right down into a lagoon. It's really more of a cold salt marsh, but it's wet. There's a natural land bridge that goes over it. But there's also, before you get that far, some quagmires, so you've got to be careful. You can step off the path just a little bit, and it's not like it's a well-beaten paved road, you know. Uh, you can fall right into a quagmire. So as you're moving along, you hear up ahead a, a voice. Help me. Help me. Everyone. We're all that's holy and does that, does that sound like your brother? It's a woman's voice. It sounds like an older woman's voice. Is your brother an old woman? <laughs> My brother is not an old woman. Obviously. Oh, help me. Oh, well, this may be a, this may be a trap. Now, who, who, oh. would, who would devise such a insidious thing? We, we, we ought to go help this old lady. I'm I'm sinking in the quagmire. I, uh, can I hear voices? Is it the voice of angels? Oh no, oh. ma'am. Uh, we just uh, we some uh, some uh, we were stranded on this island, sort of. Uh, we but we're gonna help you. Well, uh, she's up around one of the great big boulders, and uh, so you're getting out of line of sight. Her. And indeed, there's a patch of quagmire there. She's sinking in it. She's like down to her torso. Uh, she's wearing like a. Uh, soiled hospital gown but you can't see like her lower half at all because she's like halfway down a plump older lady but you should just be able to reach her hands she's you know her tear face is streaked with tears like thank the gods I knew the gods had not forsaken me oh please give me your hands please please give me oh, your you said hands gods or me. you know and is no one a good Christian here on this island am I the only one <laughs> It's a colloquial expression. Well, Please take in my that hand. Case, okay, okay, hold on now. I will try to uh, grip her and pull her up. Okay, you do. And as you do, her body looms up out of the quagmire, and the entire lower half of it is serpentine. And she goes, <laughs> Ooh, you look good enough to eat. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say you're surprised, right? So this is just a free round that she gets. And she uh, grabs you and actually claws you pretty nastily on your chest there, HW. And uh, does three points of damage. Also, everybody who sees this, save versus insanity. Well, you're sanity or less on a d20 please because this is not something normal this is not what you expect to see okay dare I say that Olifar half expected it but even so I, th- I, will, yes. I will make the save successfully fortunately alright so if anyone failed it which sounds like nobody did but if you had failed it you would have lost sanity when you get down to zero in sanity you'll you know, you'll gain a delusion and um, may just need to stay here in this place. But now I would say, please roll a d6 for initiative or run the hell away, one of the two. I just rolled initiative for her and I got a one. So one of you roll a d6. Yeah. Looks like Colin's yeah. going for it. 
Six. And, hey, 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 well, you guys have the initiative. You could dispatch her or you could leave her and hope she doesn't chase you out of the quagmire. What do you do? Yeah. Oh, if I had a my rifle with me, I'd take her out, but I don't think I want to get in a close melee fight with her unless somebody else wants to do something. I said we get the hell away from this thing. Um, I, I, I agree, but I, I do have a revolver, so I'm going to try to take a panic shot at it. Please do. Take the panic shot at Madam Serpentine. And her armor class is 12, so you'll need to roll higher than that. You're adding your wisdom bonus for a ranged attack. Oh, that is a ducked die. I could argue that I it actually would have been a 16, but I will roll it again. Oh, my God, I rolled a 1. <laughs> oh, well, you should have stuck with the 16. All right, yeah, you miss her. It <laughs> splashes into the quagmire. And gosh, anyone else want to do anything real quick? Yes, I will draw my rifle on her. Take a shot. Oh, nice. With my bonus, it's a 21. Roll an 18. Uh, okay, that certainly hits her. Let's roll damage. That's 2d8 for a rifle. Oh, it's 2d8. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Eight total. Okay. She screams out, slithers back down into the quagmire and resubmerges herself. Some blood rises in the quagmire, but you seem to have dispatched her for now. There's obviously some form of hybrid human-animal experiments going on in the sanitariums. This is just the beginning. Well, what's the name of this island? Monroe? Or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it actually doesn't really have a name. It's an unnamed island in the North Atlantic. Whew, well. Scary, spooky island. Yes, it is. Well, luckily the pathway leads out of the, uh, the area of the ravines and the quagmires and the inlets from the cold lagoon. And the trail starts to rise a little bit into the hills. But you have to skirt the hills here. And to your right, going up, there are definitely the sound of lunatic laughter and howling. They're deep in the hills. You don't see anybody, but it sounds like it's getting closer. You know it must be degenerates. Perhaps they're attracted by the, the sound of the gunshot. I don't know. But they seem to be running down this way. Although, like I say, you can't see them. Up ahead, there's a natural land bridge that uh, uh, leads uh, to the other side of a ravine. It cuts off the mountains. Uh, and that's the way you have to go. I'll assume you don't want to stick around and wait for any degenerates to show up. So you'll continue on. But uh, the ravine itself, the natural land bridge, looks a little shaky. Who wants to give that a try first? It's really only about a 12-foot span. But it's been carved out by the stream below it long ago. I'll go. Kitty's not. All right. Kitty's not daunted well, you're, by you're, a, a bridge. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, just roll a one d six as you cross it. Just one d six. Four. Everything is just fine. You reach to the other side. Who wants to go next? <clears throat> well, Alafar is going to pull out his book of ancient Viking poems. 
uh, about his supposed ancestors' many journeys and read some of them to give himself courage uh, to journey across this bridge. He does. He feels it in his heart. Golov's already lost a few sanity points. Not officially, but... Yeah. So, you head off across the bridge and roll a d6. He's actually going to continue reading. Uh, he doesn't want to look down uh, as he's crossing the bridge, so he's going to continue reading uh, the poetry as he crosses. Okay. A nice image. One. Oh, no. You get halfway across, and then <laughs> the Lambridge gives out beneath you, and you start to drop. Make a dexterity test. Ay, ay, ay. And, uh, D20 plus dex bonus, eh? Yeah, 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 and uh, normally we look at 15 for most things, but this one's only 10 because it's not the entire bridge is collapsed. It's just like the part right beneath your feet. So as your torso goes through, your arms are already kind of out, right? So it's a little easier. So our target number is a 10. Well, that is very lucky then because uh, I rolled a 10 and uh, the bonus is 4, so that would only have been a 14. So if it had been a 15, I would have missed. But because it's a 10, he succeeds. Well, that is great, and luckily the book doesn't go down. You're able to pull yourself up, but uh, suddenly behind you, you hear more of the lunatic laughing and howling, and as you turn around, coming down out of the mist from the hill behind you are half-naked, raving lunatics with long Howard Hughes-like fingernails and hair covered with grease spiked up all over their heads, wielding clubs with nails embedded in them, they're still pretty far away, but now, of course, Munson finds himself on this side. You're going to have to run across a jump over that. Uh, over that. Now, this also, though, I did say it wasn't very wide. So, again, this one will be an easier roll. So, 10 is what you need. This is a dexterity test. Okay. And meanwhile, those degenerates are getting closer and closer to the other side. 13. Hey, that uh, is going to do the trick. You jump across and get to the other side. Just then, the degenerates come swooping down the hill. They're now on the opposite side from the ravine from you. There's about two dozen of them. And they swarm out onto the land bridge. But in their degeneracy, you know, they didn't realize. And the whole thing crumbles. Some tumble about like 18 to 25 feet down into the creek. You can hear bones breaking. They're screaming. And they're all jumping up and down on the other side of the ravine now, waving their fists at you. And then suddenly one of them pulls out this creeping revolver and starts waving it around. And he fires it once in the air, wasting a bullet. Then he fires it across the ravine at you guys. Just goes blam, 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 blam. Like five remaining shots. And he's just spraying the area. So make dexterity test to get the hell out of the way. Uh, However because he's not really aiming at anyone specifically. This, again, would just be a 10, not a 15. 19 for me. Nice. You do not get hit. 14 with my bonus. You do not get hit. Sorry, I'm writing poetry. What am I rolling? The deck save? Uh, yeah, you're rolling a uh, de- dexterity check to not get hit by the... Uh, <laughs> Six. Okay. You get hit, my friend. 
with one of the random revolver bullets. Luckily, I'm rolling very low for damage, a three and a one for four points of damage. But it smarts. And, of course, that guy has just wasted all his bullets, and they're on the other side. There's nothing they can do to you guys now. And, uh, well, you could fire at individuals of them. I say there's about two dozen of them. There's no way they can get you immediately. You could just be on your way. Yeah, oh, why don't we, uh, leave these degenerates here and be on our way? Yes, if we can get somewhere safe, I do have a first aid kit. I'm pretty sure that this might be one of the islands, or I'm pretty sure that these might be descendants of the people that my ancestor Thor fought, because one of these poems tells of grease-haired natives that they that they encountered. Yes, I do recall that in the ancient epics. Yeah. Well, of course, that uh, that ancient epic is written in GURPS, so it's hard to translate, but most people can't read the, the ancient GURPS anymore. But uh, anyway, in jokes aside, I'll assume you'll move on. Now, there's a forest that's rising up here on the other side of the ravine. It's not quite as hilly. But the ground is waving and undulating, and you see it's slowly sloping downwards. You know from having seen the asylum before on the hilltops that it's in a, a, a meadow. It's not quite big enough to be called a plain, but it's a big meadow, you know, a mile or two across. And it must be beyond these woods. But you can hear the sound of a bubbling brook that's running down to a empty end of the ravine that you just crossed, and the path sort of follows it. And up ahead, there's a shoulder of land jutting out that the brook has created a natural tunnel right through. First, you come over a natural land bridge, and now you come over a natural tunnel as uh, the brook flows right through it. And it must be coming from the other side. You can see, in fact, a little bit of sunlight coming out the other side, but the tunnel seems to open up inside there. Outside of it, however, as you round a bend behind a tree that was blocking your view of it, there are poles on the ground with six severed heads stuck in the onto the poles, and their mouths are wide open in great terrible grimaces of pain, and uh, you can see that their tongues have been cut out. They're in varying stages of decay. When you see that, everybody say versus insanity, or we'll lose some insanity points. Or lose some sanity, anyway. Oh. No, we wanted to get... Uh, uh, you want to get a little bloat. Yeah, okay. Equal to, equal to or less than your sanity. Made it. I did All right, well. so did anyone fail it? By one, I succeeded. So very close oh, to Oh, nice. But not quite. So no one has gone insane, and maybe nobody will. Maybe you guys will get lucky. But this site certainly is disturbing. And that's kind of right outside the cave that the trail and the bubbling brook is coming out of. But uh, as I say, you can kind of see through the other side, but there's shadows on the other side. And there's like a clacking sound in there, almost mechanical. But I assume there's nothing for it but to very carefully go in. I will assume you're being absolutely ultra-cautious, have weapons drawn, creeping slowly, peering around. And there indeed is a strange machine in here. It looks like nothing so much as a huge overgrown typewriter, but about the size of like a the hood of a Volkswagen bug, right? And uh, there's a paddle wheel 
that is set in the brook that's being powered by the water. And there are spokes on the paddle wheel with human tongues sticking on the end of the spokes. And as the water moves the paddle wheel, it's making the tongues slap the keys on the typewriter. And the wheel is set to be a little bit loose, so it's kind of sliding back and forth, so the tongues are hitting different keys, you know, every time they slap it. And then you hear a voice, Do you like it? And from walking out behind this machine, out of the darkness, comes a cadaverously thin man in a filthy, filthy white coat. He's holding a great big scalpel in his hand. Isn't it beautiful? No, sir, it's not. It's not the word that came to mind. No, no, no. No. Well, I'll tell you what is beautiful. The language of angels. Oh, yes. Did you know that with this machine, I will be able to speak the language of angels and communicate with them? But I just need something to complete it. I just need three more tongues. Now, you've already been surprised once, so you're not surprised this time. And he lurches forward with his scalpel. Go ahead. Somebody roll a d6. Oh, I just rolled a six, though. Now, the only way he can actually, like, cut your tongue is if he gets a critical success. It's not double damage. It just goes right for the tongue. Three. So I'm assuming you did not get a six, no, right, I to not tie get him. Okay, well, he leaps forward at uh, the tongue that looks like it would uh, be the most angelic, and I think that is probably going to be Kitty Carson's tongue. And it's, oh, no, he just juts at you towards your face with that scalpel, and he hits you because he rolls a 16. And I'm assuming unless your dexterity is higher than that, then you are hit. Luckily for you, it's only two points of damage, but it's a bad gash along the... That could leave a permanent little scar. Nothing terribly disfiguring. But adding a little gravitas along the lower lip. That one will show up white later unless you put some makeup on over it. And it it could have been much, much, much worse. So, that's what he does. And uh, since you just got, you know, sliced in the face, I think we should let you, Kitty Carson, go next. Okay, and I'm going to pull out the machete. Sure you will. <laughs> anyway, roll to check him. His armor class is only ten. He just has a little. He's not very dexterous. I just barely hit him with, and only because I have a decent strength, a very decent strength. Okay, well, go ahead and roll the damage for your machete. And that is one d six, correct? That is one d six. Add nothing. Hopefully, you roll high. Oh, I rolled six. Oh my gosh, that's great. He cries out, more in surprise than pain, staggers back a little bit, and uh, but he's not down yet. Uh, H.W. Munson, what are you going to do? Anything? Yeah, well, I'm going to take out my bowie knife here, and I'm going to slice back at this man. All right, go for it. His armor class is 10. Okay. Roll d20, add your strength bonus for the attack. 22. Oh, my goodness. Roll your damage. Now, would that also be a D6? This is also a D6, yeah. It's like a hand-sized weapon. Four. Hey, 
You stab him. And he staggers back, falls down onto his knees. He looks up hopelessly into the eyes of Olafsson. What do you do, Olafsson? Because he seems to be on his last legs. Well, uh, take a shot, I suppose. All right. And uh, the other two step out of the way when you hear the revolver cock. And blam. Ooh, 17. Very loud inside this little case. 17 cracks. Going to hit him. Go ahead and roll 2d6 for the damage. You feel quite confident this will do the trick. Ooh. Uh, well, the first one, first d6 was a 6, so I was really excited, but the second one was only a 2, so 8. Well, well guess what? Snake Eyes would have worked because he had two hit points left. That he is, boom, gone down, staggers back. But I never got a chance to hear them talk. Find three tongues. Attach them to the machine. The angels will give you a message. I said, He chokes on blood and dies. I think he meant two because we got one now. Yes, he did. I I hope you're not falling for this man's delusions. Uh, Man's clearly insane. He should be in the insane asylum. I don't know how he got out. Yeah, there's there's something so nasty about seeing these tongues on that spoke wheel go down into the water and then lap back up and down into the water and then lap back up. They're kind of wrinkled and white by this time from being waterlogged. And the way they wetly slap on the keys uh, is really so disturbing that now you've had a chance to sit there and and stare at it for a minute. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to say versus insanity. So far, so good. So far, so good here, too. Just a 10. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty great, good about it. That's good because there's been so much, there's so many opportunities to lose one's sanity here on this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be violence. a little disappointed if no one does go insane because I know about the great uh, delusion list that is in this yeah, book. Great table of any number of delusions might be. Might be earned here on the island, but uh, that's right. Now, he, actually, uh, Doctor Lingua, as his name is, you can see now from his uh, doctorate that is on the wall here of the cave. Uh, he actually wears a key around his neck, like a great big brass iron key. Uh, it doesn't seem to go with the machine at all. He's also got some filthy bedding and a bunch of. Uh, uh, Manuals about physics and things like that. Do you want to take the key or any yes. of the books? Or, key. Could be handy. Yeah, it's a game. There's a guy with a key. You take it, right? Yes. Generally Absolutely. Just good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Generally just good for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, guess a, I guess a really tricky jam would have like all kinds of keys laying around on people. And so you'd just be finding keys all the time and never know which one. But... I assume you'll move on because the tunnel that he was in was created by the brook that you were following. And you open out into a great meadow. And you look across it. And, of course, you can't see any great details because of the mist and the, the, the rain. The rain, it's almost like the, he- the mist is just turning heavy and constantly falling is what it feels like. And, of course, everything you have is damp by now, but across the field, you see the t- 
towering spires of the old medieval Celtic monastery, but it also has modern, and by modern we mean about 1860s or so, additions, such as a great big uh, glass and iron roof in the middle of it, you know, like a great big atrium-style roof, but enclosed. And this is still a good, you know, mile and a half across the plain here, but it's an imposing building. And you can even see little lights inside in the daytime and because uh, it's so dim. And it looks like there are people hopping around on the roof, but it's too far away to get any more details through the rain. And it seems like a very easy thing to just walk across the meadow in the rain and go to the asylum. Is that what you want to do? Perhaps a bit of stealth would be in order. Oh, like uh, we want to maybe get down on the ground, kind of crawl our way through the meadow, take cover. See if we can find shadows and such to move move into and out of. Well, there's not a lot of shadows in a meadow, but it's not like anyone's out here mowing this, so there's probably some tall grass and occasional boulder, I would think. And just as you start thinking about maybe being careful, you can see in the distance, not by the uh, asylum, but off to your left, further in the direction of the sea, on a rise that also looks down into this meadow that's free of trees, so you can see the silhouette of this immense horseman with a distinctive helmet, even at this distance. And he could be half a mile from you. But even at this distance, you can see the huge ram's horns on the helmet. The helmet of this rider has been made from the skull of a ram. And there are many barks of dogs echoing in on the wind. And you see some huge black shucks, great big black dogs, prowling around on the ridge with him. He hasn't seen you yet, but he seems like he's surveying the plane as if you might chase down anything that tries to cross it. This lone horseman must guard the plane of the asylum for some reason. So perhaps stealth is warranted here. Uh, ain't that one of your one of your kind with the, the horns on the helmet and all that? It is a common mis- misconception that uh, that we had uh, horns on helmets, but we did not do that. Um, I don't think. Um, no. Hmm. And uh, um. Also, well, what do can, I mean? What ethnicity can, is it? Clear. Uh, what ethnicity? Ethnicity of who? The horseman. Oh uh, well, he's pretty far away, and he's wearing a kind of an all-enclosing ram skull helmet. Maybe a, a fully enclosed helmet. Basically, his head looks like a giant ram skull from from here. So the ethnicity the ethnicity is Ramite. Well, I don't care for them Ramites. They had to go back to where they came from. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't noticed you yet, but he might unless you drop into the tall grass or something. What do you guys want to do? <clears throat> well, drop into dro- the tall grass. Drop into the grass. Yeah. Or you could just like run for the asylum. Oh, well, he's on a horse. There's it, no fucking way that we're going to outrun a horse. You so. think you actually had a you you think you would have a chance to outrun him? You think that it might just boil down to a matter of luck? You might be able to outrun him. Part of you thinks it could be possible, but before you have to outrun him, maybe stealth mm-hmm. is better. 
So I'll assume you guys crawl through the tall grass. Of course, you're going to disrupt the grass a little bit, right? But there's also rain and everything else. So I'm going to let you guys start crawling. And we're going to make this one a little bit harder, though, 15, which is what most tests are. We've been easy on you so far. But the horseman's been watching this great meadow for many a long year. And he is very perceptive. So 15 or higher with a dexterity test. That would be very cool if you all made it, but I don't think Ryan did. I didn't. I haven't rolled yet. I was just eyeing my chance at failure. Ah, these chances might not be great. Oh, they're great. (laughs) They're apparently great because I succeeded. Great enough. Did anyone not succeed? Everyone succeeded on their dexterity test. It's amazing. Now, it's a nerve-wracking, you know, takes about 40 minutes to cover that, that amount of distance when you're crawling so so carefully so as to not disturb the tall grass around you and luckily for you whether it's the rain or something else the pack of black shocks that travels with the horseman never quite sniffs you out there's a few nervous moments as you hear hoofbeats riding across the plain in zigzag fashion but you slowly and slowly you get closer and closer to the asylum. And because you're crawling on your bellies, basically, it's looming up at you. And there are the people you thought were, like, hopping around on the roof. You see they're dressed in, as birds. They're wearing feathers. They're all, you know, sagging off of them in the rain. But they're hopping around on the roof. And it's not like a flat roof either. This is a great big, you know, gothic pile with all kinds of... It'd be real easy to climb up the side of this thing, you notice. So many, uh, so much decor. They say it used to be a monastery, and then a strange person remodeled it after that. But uh, one of the uh, avian folk on the roof slips on a tile, and the tiles skitter down and crash near your feet. I guess they wouldn't break on the wet grass. But the bird man himself falls and cracks his neck just merely feet from you on the ground and his head lolls around and stares at you with his dead eyes as you crawl there on the ground. So please, say versus insanity or you just might. That's a very hard thing to handle. That's terrible, terrible. Uh-oh. I rolled a 20. Oh, no, no. Oh, I rolled an 18. Yeah. Yep, I we're finally going insane. Been, All right. Oh, no, you're finally going insane. Okay, well, okay. Or later. Uh, I know Ryan doesn't have a D4 hand usually, so I'm going to roll around. Uh, uh, Olofsson, you lose two sanity. And Kitty, you lose one sanity. And did you pass yours, Mason? I did. Okay, okay. And it, yeah, there's something about the weight he's looking at you. Just... Uh, and you can hear the people up there squawking on the roof. However, there is a door with some steps that lead down here. And it's uh, very, very old. There's a huge keyhole in the door. And uh, Are you... What do you want to do? Quite sure that my brother would be in this place. I mean, I think he's a little foolish and fanciful, but this place seems... Next level insane. We've got the tongue guy and these bird creatures and a man wearing a ram helmet. Do you really, do you really think my brother in this asylum? He's not, not that crazy. Choice. He's just 
eccentric. I don't know that he would uh, be given a, a choice in the matter. Is that how things work around here? I, I, I think so. Well, do you guys want to stand up and uh, try to get in the door? Right. Well, what are we going to do? Just go in the front door? Uh, well, I guess we got uh, to try it at least. Yeah, it's, uh, it almost looks like a sally port, you know, this old medieval architecture. But it's a great big uh, old, old wooden door. It's nice and thick, but it's just made out of wood. However, once you guys stand up for even just a few seconds, you hear uh, a great explosive increase in the level of barking. And uh, they're coming from about a quarter of a mile away, but you see the horseman now has noticed you standing in front of the door, and the dogs are rushing in your direction. So if you're going to get in, you better get in pretty quick. Uh, how do you want to do that? Try you see him getting closer and closer. You want to try that key? Yeah. Okay. You put it in. And uh, you shake it around, and it's so rusty it just breaks right off. Now the key is broken off in the lock, and you can see they're getting closer and closer. What do you do? You might have to try to batter down the door. Just you can try to, to make strength it. tests. You try, all three of you can roll at the same time. Only one of you needs to make it. Only one of you needs to make it. You need a 15. And they're getting cl- closer and closer. You can hear the dogs howling now with lust. And uh, I got an 18. They uh, crack. The other two helped. Well, I hope my one didn't counter his. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got a nasty bump on the shoulder, but we're not going to be too cruel. And uh, so you guys snatch, you know, you don't smash the whole door, right? You just bust off the lock mechanism and you make it inside and slam the door just as the horseman and all the dogs are approaching on the outside. But as if. You know, there's some barrier that they will not cross. I mean, dogs can't open doors, but certainly the horseman could get off, but he doesn't. You can actually hear them galloping off away outside, and the dog's voice is retreating. However, you barely have time to notice that. You're just in this little square room. It's almost just like a foyer. Um, up, uh, you, you, There's another door beyond you with a smell of shit coming out of it, a terrible smell of feces waving out of the doorway beyond you. And you realize there's some holes in the ceiling as you look up. And not only do you look up, as soon as you look up, there's uh, boiling, what is it from the smell? Boiling Worcestershire sauce pours out of the holes in the roof all over you. In fact, it's not quite boiling because that could kill you. But it's really, really, really hot. There are basically murder holes in the sally port. And someone up there is pouring boiling Worcestershire sauce on you. And it stings the eyes as well. So make dexterity test to get out of the way. And this time, you do need a 15. Well, this time I rolled a 23. Oh, nice. You dance through the boiling Worcestershire sauce like Fred Astaire dances through rain. I rolled on my decks. Oh, that's or, good. That's uh, good. Um, sorry, want... 15. Uh, um, I'm assuming oh. that's what we needed or... No, you want... 15 is what you need, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's what I rolled. Yeah. Not because it's your decks, but yeah. It's the target number. Yeah, I rolled uh, a about, 10. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Well, it's, it hurts. You're lucky, like I say, it wasn't boiling. But you take four points of damage from the hot Worcestershire sauce. Ah. And you're... <laughs> uh, from up above, and there's some shadows moving around. You can see a little bit of light through the murder hole, but they're not big enough for you to even reach an arm up or whatever, you know. They've just dumped it all over the floor. 
Welcome to the asylum, says a voice from above. There's no, like, stairs to go up there. It's maddening. There's just that doorway that with the terrible smell of feces on the other side. We, it's the only way out of here. Yeah, well, somebody ought to plug them holes. Yeah, and the whole room smells, and a slippery floor of very, very, very hot Worcestershire sauce. Damn lunatics. Anyway, don't make so much noise in there, you hear a voice coming from the feces smelling room. A man is trying to work in here. Well, now, is that a bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> trying to work in there. Bathroom. I've been there myself doing my my work. <laughs> you want to go up and see? It's just an archway, you know. It's like not really like a door you have to open. I'll can poke yeah, your head in the next room. Well, there's a naked man who's covered in feces. No. It's like all dried on him and crackly, you know, like some that. like some native tribes paint themselves with mud, you know, and it dries and gets all crackly and it's kind of creepy looking. He's done that, but with feces. And got several buckets of feces in the room. And he's just putting the finishing touches on this huge mural that he's done on the wall in what? In feces, it's his true medium. He's a master. Uh, it's the Last Supper of Christ, but instead of Christ, there is this bulbous floating head with 30 faces. Oh, hello. What do you think of it? I'm Franco Domino, the artist. I'm sure you've heard of me. I was transported here from Renaissance Italy. I've done my best to assimilate. My God, man, this is an abomination. Oh, no, it's, it's excellent. God told me to make it. Well, at least you... Now, you're talking about the, the the God of the Bible, I hope. No, 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 I'm talking about the horror face. Of course, he has a thousand names, but we call him the horror face, the demon lord of the asylum. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is a great commission. This will be my Sistine Chapel, for if he likes this, I shall paint the glass ceiling of the day room and light will come down through my feces it shall be a shit glass window to honor the lord of hell (laughs) isn't that lovely oh but i'm so sorry i should have offered you tea or something uh do forgive my nakedness uh there's another way through here if you would like to avoid this guy entirely you might want to talk to him for a minute and if you do have to uh make a number two buckets are there i always need far more need for feces and I can possibly produce myself. I have several friends who uh, provide it for me. Just take a bucket if you're so inclined. I'll go and quickly uh, see if I can strike up a pot of tea for you. What do you guys want to do? Oh my god. Did he say that his god was called Horrorface? Or Horrorfeces? Yeah. Horrorfeces. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he said Horrorface and uh, I hope we don't have to meet that god anytime. Well, when I die, uh, hope it's uh, not that face I see. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this guy's crazy, but uh, clearly, you know, what what brings you here anyway? Come to check yourselves in. We're looking for a fella. What was his oh, name? Fella, Lance. Lance, yeah. Yes, Lance. Lance. We're looking for Lance. He looks Relax. like he looks like this lady here, kind of, with the hair and the green eyes. Oh yes, that fellow, the ginger. 
Well, it's not a very pleasant story, really. But, uh, well, he met the Emperor. And I'm not talking about the horror face. The Emperor deputi- deputizes for the horror face. But uh, he was decreed to be sick, and so he was taken to the surgery. Uh, Dr. Nebulous Trout, he's very good. He's a very good. He's the best. So you should have no worries for your red-headed friend. So, yes, but you'll have to, of course, go through the day room to get to the surgery. So and there you can speak with the emperor himself. Quack has prefer- performed surgery on my brother. If he is a quack, then I am a mere scribbler and I am no artist, mm-hmm. which clearly I am, as you can see. Well. He says, gesturing to the wall as some poop drips off his finger. Yes, and now you understand <laughs> my concern, then. <laughs> well, if you're not going to be pleasant, perhaps you should just go on looking for your little ginger sibling. Point us to the way. That way, he says, flinging his finger again, tracing an arc of of liquid feces uh, across the room. That that was your fault, Kitty. You should have known better than (laughs) make a man (laughs) whose hands are covered in feces point the way. (laughs) Well, I'll assume you want to get out of there. Uh, There's a... Very small room on this side of here. There's a, it's just a box, like a cabinet on the wall. With a, it's a white cabinet with a red cross painted on it. I don't know when the red cross was founded, but whatever. You know, you know the point is trying to make. And uh, a little desk and a stool in here. And then there's of course another door leading beyond that. And you can hear uh, the sounds of laughter and screaming coming from down the hall past this room, where the with some kind of medicine cabinet, perhaps, is. I know you already have a first aid kit. Would you like? Would you like to take a look in the cabinet? Um, actually, I kind of would because I am down some yep. hit points. I don't know that I trust the medicine in here, but well, okay. Yeah, uh, maybe they got something. I'm a little bit uh, down a little. Well, when you open the cabinet, there, there are, actually there is a, a few syringes in here and some bottles. The syringes are full, and nothing's really labeled per se. But there, uh, sure, you some of you have seen some, you know, laudanum or something like that in the past. But there's no bottles like that. But there's a bottle that might be some morphine. And a nice little bottle of some little white pills. And, uh, again, several great big syringes. Would you like to try any of those and hope that they will heal you? Uh, I think we ought to maybe take them. I don't know we ought to try them unless we're real bad off. You know, last, last resort. Yes, that does seem rather risky, I think. Yes, it is a little risky. But uh, there's actually like a little doctor's bag sitting nearby. You just want to dump the lot of it into the, you know, scoop yeah. a lot of it into the... Okay, so you got syringes and pills and you're just like a whole bag full of drugs now that you're carrying around. And you move through the next room where the laughter and screaming was coming from. The screaming kind of stopped. But there's a, a, a turn to your right... And you immediately 
let out into this great big room. It has a glass ceiling, but you know, with like a metal grid work with glass panes put in. They're pretty filthy, and some of the glass panes are missing. So it looks like there are columns of rain coming down, not all the way across it, but just aesthetically pleasingly so, like in the corners. And you can see the silhouettes through the gross glass of the bird people hopping around on the roof up there. And there are about three or four dozen people in here. Even though it's a big room, it still seems pretty crowded. They're all away from the center. And there's two guys in wheelchairs having a race around in a circle, but they are pulling two other men on boards with wheels attached who are whipping the guys in the wheelchairs to pull them around. And there's a great big dais where there's a man in a floral bathrobe with a crown made out of forks. And he's the only person you've seen who doesn't look half-starved. And one of the wheelchairs topples over, and this guy with the crown of forks gives a thumbs-down sign and a great big Moorish fellow with a fez comes out with a huge iron pipe and shatters the skull of the loser whose wheelchair fell over. There's also uh, a body still twitching, dead, probably the screamer, who is uh, being lowered upside down to where his head would rest in a bucket full of water uh, that he's hanging from the ceiling. And everyone in here turns around with the last strike of that great big iron pipe and looks at you. Uh Oh. (laughs) Hello. We're just Just looking for surgery. Visitors. Is it visiting hours? I hope. (laughs) Well, 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 says the man in the crown. Come forward and do proper service to the emperor. Come here, maggots, and kneel before the emperor, Claudius Nautius, says the man with the pipe. Come on, you. And like all several dozen people in here begin lurching threateningly towards you and channeling you with your bodies to where, you you know, you kind of have to keep walking closer and closer across the wheelchair track to the emperor who sits there. He's got a jutting out lower lip. Looks not unlike actor Charles Lawton and uh, so from the outside are you uh yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. outsiders hmm. and have you come here to do me tribute well we just only found out about you just uh, re- uh real soon yeah real just now almost that's that's fine I'm happy to take extemporaneous tribute give me a gift each of you Come, come now. Don't be frugal. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to give him a gift of um, shooting him in the head. <laughs> All right. You whip out your revolver and fire at him. The Emperor Claudius Nautius has an armor class of t- uh, 12. 12, 12. As you fire your pistol. Well, I'm afraid I got a 9. So that is not. Oh no! Well, as I said, there are three or four dozen people in this room. And I think we can all agree that while as players you should have free agency to try to struggle, if several dozen people all decide to dogpile the three of you, you're going to be in, you know, 
you're probably getting slammed down to the ground. I think we can assume you go down swinging, maybe. You do a little damage on the way down. But pretty soon, you're all being hauled up, yanked to your feet. Well, that is my 37th assassination attempt. Now, I will await number 38. So, I'm going to be very magnanimous and allow you a second chance. Tell me why you're here. And don't shoot me again. I'll be most put out. If even if you can escape the grips of my people. I'm here to find my brother. Hmm. And take Your him brother? away from this place. Oh, oh, how uh how inconvenient. Uh, who's your brother? His name is Lance. Hmm. Redheaded fellow? Yes. Ginger. You know, I have a friend who has a theory about gingers, but I'll save that for another day. Yes, uh, I'm afraid he was very sick. I could tell he was very ill. Just had all kinds of strange delusions. So I decreed that he would have sessions with Dr. Nebulous Trout, who's in the surgery. I'd be happy to give you a pass to go in and see him. But first, you must entertain us. Entertain you? Yes, he claps his hand, and this uh, Spanish-looking woman uh, comes out pushing a wheeled wardrobe and begins getting out some very, very strange outfits. And he says, we will have a fashion show. I've been looking for some new models after my last ones displeased me. And he flourishes his arm, and a curtain is pulled, and there are three people wearing really wacky costumes crucified to the side of the wall. Then he pulls the curtain closed again. I don't like to look at them while I eat. (laughs) You understand. Uh, So, each of you will put on an outfit and you'll prance around the room. And if you meet with our approval, I will give you a pass that will allow you to walk out, to walk through the asylum without being molested in any way. Now. Either bothered or worse. Now, hold on now. I I do not prance. That's one thing. I'm going to put my foot down. I'll get up and I'll get into funny get ups, but I will not prance around. That's no, sir. Oh, think of it as prancing like a horse. You know, like those horses prance out there with all those cowboys in, I don't know, Ohio or wherever. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will now decree the fashion contest to begin. And uh, the Spanish woman rushes up. Don't worry. I am Mama Rosalita. I designed all these outfits. They will do all the work for you. All you have to do is put them on. And she starts throwing things at you. Now, each of you, as quickly as you can, roll 4d6. Or just roll 1d6 four times. Remember, make jot down or make note of the results. Just 4d6. We're not adding it up. We just want the four separate results. As she's handing out the outfits. Meanwhile, people are clearing away the bloody remains of the wheelchair charioteer and uh, making a space in the middle where you guys can prance. Okay. So, uh, let's start with Colin. Colin, what's your first number? Six. Okay, well, you find a furry. What's your next number? Six. Black. What's your next number? Five. Hoop skirt. A great big furry black hoop skirt. That's what... uh, You'll be wearing, and it has uh, has something okay. else on it. What's your last uh, number? Another five. Uh, with seashells. 
with dangling seashells uh, sewn into it and hanging from it, and it is just oh lovely. Oh, my God. Oh, I love this one, says Mama Rosalita. And uh, Lynn, what uh, number did you get? Three. So you're wearing a patchwork. Kitty Carson is wearing a patchwork. What's your second number? Six. Black. Everything's black this year, says Rosalita. Two. And what's your next number? Two. Two. Cape. Cape. A patchwork black cape with... Six. Final number. Teeth. There's teeth. Human teeth are oh, embedded in it like sequins. I was going to ask to trade, but then the teeth... I saw the teeth and... Uh, no, thank you. And finally, Olafsson is wearing a... Two. Too tight. What's the next one? One. Mustard. Mustard colored. Six. Unitard. <laughs> With... Four. With rhinestones. Oh. <laughs> She's wearing a too tight mustard-colored unitard with rhinestones. Go on, dancing oh. with stars. You oh. look so handsome, <laughs> says Rosalita. 100 years too early for Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was going to say I look like a damn fool, but you just look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I think you all look beautiful, says the Emperor Claudius Nautius. And now, one by one, we shall prance! And people are going, prance, 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 clapping their hands. And Lord, so forgive me. Some of them come out, and they push you right out. They know you don't want to prance. So, uh, Munson, they push you right out into the center, and you have to prance. Make a charisma test. They're wanting to be entertained, though, so it's only a ten that you have to get. Prance, I rolled a prance, one. Prance. <laughs> uh, oh, I never pranced in my life. Of, the Emperor Claudius Naudius holds his thumb down, and the great big guy with the iron pipe comes up. And he goes, wait, 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 just hold him, hold him. Let's see the others first. So some people drag you out of there, and they're holding you by the arms at the edge. And now... Prince says the Emperor Claudius Naudius, and Olaf is, Olafson is pushed out into the center to prance. Please make a charisma test. You just need a ten. Oh boy! All right, let's see. Charisma test is going to be what's my charisma bonus? Two. Oh great. Okay. Well, eight or better. Well, eight or higher. You hey, natural better. twenty. Holy oh, shit! Oh, they they are they were already standing up, but now they're jumping up and down on their feet. You swirl that at uh, well, you, I was going to say swirl that cape, but I forgot about your unitard. So, you know, the light in here just glances off the rhinestones so nicely, and you wear it well. You make it work. You know, it's, well, uh, it's too tight. So I'm assuming that they get a a, a pretty good view of his of his junk. Uh, oh, they get like, the whole. Sausage halfway down the thigh, you know. This is the <laughs> DNA of Thor Thorson, after all, you know. So, well, it's not uh, really the. I mean, it's allegedly the DNA of Thor Thorson. That's true. He's a little bit mad himself, and you know, you do splendidly. And then finally, Kitty Carson, Prince says the Emperor Claudius Naudius. Ooh, nineteen. And again, great applause, and well. You did so well. I, I hate to uh, I hate to have your friend crucified. Uh, I've run out of space on the wall there anyway. It wouldn't be aesthetically pleasing when I opened it up to look at it. It wouldn't balance. So it's where you could put two on one side and then two on the other because you've got three now. And with him, it's one more. 
Don't talk to me of mathematics. I've had them banned, says the Emperor Claudius Nonius. Very well. And he claps his hand, and somebody brings out, like, a dinner plate that has this crude child drawing that looks a lot like the 30-headed, the 30-faced floating ball picture that Franco Domino, the artist, had made. It's just, like, scrawled onto the dinner plate. Here's your pass. The surgery is that way. Welcome to my kingdom. I hope you'll be very happy here. Yeah, we could uh, leave now. Yes, of course, there's, you can never really leave. You can check out any time you like, but you can never really leave. No one ever leaves the island. I hate the fucking our great, eagles, man. Our great lord, our great lord, the horror face sees to it. And I know nothing of eagles except the imperial eagles of Rome. Where we're living right uh, now, yeah. if you can't tell. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Obviously. Well, do you guys want to go into the surgery and see if you could find your brother in there? I think the quicker we get out of here, the better. I think you're probably right. So, luckily, you avoid a uh, fashion crucifixion and go into the next room. And in here, there are about two dozen cots with some clearly unwilling patients (laughs) strapped to them. And on the other side of the room is an operating theater. And... There's a woman sitting in a chair strapped to the chair. She would be screaming, but her mouth's all taped up, you know. So she just... And he is, uh, with a hand drill, drilling a hole in the woman's skull as we speak. Her eyes are wide and, you know, running with tears. Her whole body's shaking. It's like, there, there, this is for, this is for your own good. And then you see there's another person vomiting and shitting at the same time violently over in a corner. And then there's a third person. There's an old man. He's sitting in a bathtub full of ice. And he's shivering. And the doctor uh, goes, ah, very good. And he goes, and he blows on the hole that he just drilled in her head. And ah, uh, shivers the woman in the chair. But uh, then she passes out. And he looks up at you. You can see he's a man with a ridiculously overlarge, like, hawk-shaped nose. And a comb over and spectacles. He wears a doctor jacket. He's also got bandolier straps, you know, like some kind of uh, Mexican bandito. But instead of bullets in the bandolier straps, each one is filled with syringes. And he says, "Oh, hello. I was just, uh, was just letting the madness out of this patient here." He's like, and of course, I'm freezing the madness out of that patient there. He points to the old man in the bathtub. And, of course, this one over there points to the vomiting and shitting man. We're purging him of his madness. And now you've looked around the room, Kitty, and none of the people in any of the cots, you know, that are strapped down. or None of them are, are your, your brother. But see, you have, I see you have the token of the Emperor Claudius Snortius. So, I assume you're ill. Don't worry. Dr. Nebulous Trout, that's me, can fix whatever is wrong with you. And he takes out one of the syringes from his bandolier strap and starts to slowly walk across the room towards you. One of his legs is shorter than the other, so he has like a weird lopsided walk. Uh, mister. There, there. Mister, uh, don't you come just that close now. It's just a shot. It won't hurt We ain't mad. We're visitors here. And, and I'd like to see uh, your license to practice medicine. 
I don't think you have one. Oh, my license to practice medicine was given to me by Dr. Oleander Mars. I came here as a boy, and before he died, he taught me everything he knows. He's the one who founded this asylum, you know. Of course, our great lord, the, Thor- the Horaface, was already here. It was the monks who summoned him in their ignorance. But I can tell you're sick. I just feel so compelled to give each of you a shot. Oh, won't you be good and take one? I'll let you have a lollipop if you take your shot. <laughs> and he still keeps walking towards you. Not like super fast and aggressive, but getting into like invading your personal space. I'm going to you guys want to do? Hold my knife up to him so he doesn't advance <gasps> anymore. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you I see you have a great deal of aggression. Aggression comes from feeling hot inside. And as you know, like drives out like. So I believe if we were to put you in an oven, that would drive out your aggression because you're clearly mad. You know, I think that would work, but uh not in the way that uh, you expect. Uh but, uh, uh, nope, I think I'm good. I think I'm fine just like I am. Now, I want to back up real quick because when you guys saw those uh, people crucified outside on the wall, you know, in the other room, and that guy with his head upside down on the bucket and everything, go ahead and go back and retroactively say versus insanity right. for that because that's something that should have triggered you as well. Well, I failed. Okay, well, you'll lose... D4 sanity, so you will lose and lose one sanity. Anyone else I fail? failed. Okay, well, you lose huh, four sanity. Okay. And now from when you walked in the room and saw that guy drilling through a woman's skull, you know, and all the other shit and hear this so terrible, go ahead and save versus insanity again. Yeah, I failed again. Okay, well, this time you lose oh, shit, four. <laughs> Let me know when you're getting real close. Um, down to five. You're on the frayed edge of sanity. And, uh... I failed as well. Okay. Well, Jesus, you have the worst luck. I just rolled another four. Okay. So... I mean, hey, it's a 25% chance on a D4. So... And Lynn, you're okay? Yeah, I passed. Kitty's okay? Passed? All right. So all this is terrible, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm getting the feeling you're not going to... So you hold up your knife, and he's like, no, no. So, what is it you're here for, if not treatment? Does the whole, does uh, does the Emperor Claudius Nautius require my services? Is he being bothered by the gout again? I'm here for my brother, Lance. Lance, Lance, Lance. Ginger Man. fella. The ginger fella. Oh, yes, he was, he came here. He was very, very, very sick. Yes, I'm very, sure very you sick, think so. I'm afraid. He was... No, he was quite mad, of course. He was quite mad. I had to uh, harness the lightning rod and uh, give him shock treatments to shock the madness out of him. And uh, it was unsuccessful, of course. Entirely his fault, not mine. But uh, I am pleased to announce that I have some good news for you. Your brother is in very good hands because only yesterday our demon lord, the Horrorface, summoned your brother to serve him well then but i should be taken to him at once oh no 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 one goes to visit the horror face the horror face summons you or you do not go he's upstairs in the top of that old tower up those old stairs 
If I were you, I would just be thankful that your brother has found a new home, because no one who goes to serve the horror face ever returns. The Dark Lord of Hell is quite jealous of his friends and playmates, and will never let them go. Are you sure you don't need a shot? Because you look like you need a shot. I gesture at my weapon say, are you sure you don't need one? I don't need that kind of a shot, but that wouldn't hurt me anyway. I am immortal, actually. Oh, yes. Quite so. I am immortal. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. Whatever you say. No. Very, no, very much so. I'm one of the I'm part of the Merovingian bloodline. Quite immortal, so you could shoot me, but it wouldn't do you any good. I see you have a doctor's bag of your own. Perhaps you give yourself your own shots. Uh, well, it's just in case. Quite right. Why don't you tell us what each one does? Oh, oh, oh. Well, let's see here. And he looks in, he goes... This one right here, this one right here, this is a very good one. Um, this, of course, will... Oh, no, no, these right here, this is it, right here, the nerve pills. Remember I said there's like a little bottle of pills? That's what you want, that will reinvigorate you if you're feeling down, I can tell you that right now. Nerve pills, okay. And uh, Excellent what shot pills. were you suggesting that we take when we first got here? Oh, well, I think uh, this other one that you, you might enjoy... This one, uh, well, this one could help you, uh, help you to calm down and feel okay about it. Uh, it's called Stramonium, I believe. Uh, would you like a shot? I can give you one right now. You have no, some no, in your bag no, there, too. No, I'll take care of it myself. Thank you. I recommend the nerve pills, though, strongly. Well, thank you for your recommendation. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, I don't believe you should go up and try to tempt fate by seeing the horror face, but uh, if that is your fate, that's what it is. Now you said you were immortal, and you were. Oh yes. So maybe you ought to. You know a little. Uh, you heard the tale of Atlantis and uh, know about the fate of the that great nation you know, sank under the water in a single day and night. Hmm? Probably heard of that. Oh, Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, of course. I had many great friends who were Atlanteans. Lovely people, <laughs> really. Obsessed with circles. Obsessed with sacred geometry. In fact. Oh, yes. But I'm afraid Plato got them all wrong. Some of these. They weren't even human, you know. They came here from beyond the stars. But I don't have time to talk about this right now. It's almost time for my medicine. And he gives him self uh, shot. And then his eyes grow really, really wide. And he starts sweating real bad. And he rushes over to this, like, Victrola-style record player with the great big bell on it and winds it up. And begins spinning and leaping and dancing around the room and takes no further notice of you. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we got all got everything we could from him. Well, do you think we should go try to see the horror face if he's got lads? Well, I, I, yeah, Absolutely. I'd like to have a, a word with this, uh, Mister Horrorface. Give him, a, give him a what for? He, he's. Running this place, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of this uh, institution that he's got here. No, it's, it's quite vile. Yeah, it's absolutely vile. Horrible. Well, you guys who are uh, missing hit points, do you want to try any of the, the nerve pills like you suggested, or do you want to move on? I well, don't know. My thinking was that 
whatever he suggested was what we weren't going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't down I by much, saying. you know. Oh, I wouldn't definitely not. I would definitely not take the stromonium that he was recommending. Oh, right. The nerve pills. Who knows? I'm going to hold on to those uh, pills for now. Um, I'm feeling okay, so I, I don't think I need them yet. Okay. All right. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, as for uh, Olifar, he's, he's lost a bunch of sanity, but no hit points yet, so. Okay. Well, if you guys want to go up the stairs, there are windy stairs going up the old tower. This is from, this is not the remodeled part, you know, this is from when the those Celtic monks made this monastery in the Middle Ages because they were so strange and couldn't be assimilated into the regular Catholic Church. And... You move up the stairs to the top, and of course you can still hear the the thunder outside and everything else. But there is a door at the top, and it's not locked or anything else. If you want to open it, it opens, and it is entirely draped. This room, all the windows are blacked out with uh, purple velvet curtains that hang down all over, and in a cage. It's entirely too small for him and wearing only a hospital gown and covered in his own filth and vomit but still alive is your brother, Lance. But it doesn't even look like he knows his own name anymore as he lies there with a three-foot dreamer, streamer of drool coming out of his mouth. But then, save versus insanity at a disadvantage rolling twice and taking the lowest as you see as you I mean taking the highest the worst as you see in real life the horror face a giant floating flesh ball made of 30 horrific faces that are all stitched together with greasy white ligaments the faces look like they're of all races and genders and ages and uh, who fails that insanity test? I had a question. Is. So we were trying to get under our new sanity number? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just gets worse yeah. and worse. Well, I failed both, so. Good. Yeah. I mean, okay. when I say both, I mean the disadvantage. Yeah, failed. I okay. failed both as well. Well, well you lose three sanity, Ryan. You did? You made it? And yeah, uh, Goonie, you said you... Nine. That's great. Goonie, you failed too? Yep. All right. Oh, shit. Well, I, I rolled D6. And I lost three. Is that right? You lost three, yeah. And then, unfortunately, uh, Monson, you lost six. Oh, shit. That was all I had. So I'm insane, I guess. No, God. We'll roll percentiles. Okay. Roll percentiles real quick. I did have a... If it came to this, I was going to suggest, like, since I have the book, maybe I roll not tell anyone... What I get. Okay, sounds great. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Because it might be funny to just role play it out. I know there's one in here that would be the absolute funniest. Perfect one, but the dice will fall where they may. Yes, there are uh, 101 delusions in the book, Madam I, which if you're. Become insane, you'll suddenly suffer from one. But yes, you need not tell us what your delusion yeah, is right I now. Yeah, I contributed to some of these. I, I want to see. Yes, yes, you what did. I get. Hold on, let me get that. Yeah, if the Nerd Glows on Brain Trust came up with all kinds of them. But uh, as you were doing that, the horror face speaks. Uh, 
And when he speaks, all 30 of the faces speak at once. Who dares disturb our recreation? The horror face says in his horrifying voice. We will play with this thing. And we will eat it. And since you pitiful humans. Who are less than worms. Dare interfere with us. You shall live just long enough. To beg for the sweet release of death. But then you will spend eternity in hell. And, uh, please roll a d6 for initiative. And the horror face rolls a six. Oh, I... I rolled a two. Oh, no. Well, the horror face looks right at Kitty Carson, maybe because she's the most photogenic but as I say, <laughs> the horror face has many different faces, 30 different faces, in fact. And I roll a d30 to see which of the 30. But there is a face of a middle-aged woman on the horror face, and she clucks her tongue at you scoldingly. And just, I'm sorry, you young lady are grounded. And you are grounded from combat. In the next turn, you've been grounded. You stand there uh, in absolute stillness. You're only around. You're only allowed to sit quietly or read without fidgeting. That's all you're allowed to do while you're grounded. And uh, no TV, no phone calls. Yeah, but you know, with thirty faces, you can look at a lot more people than once. I'm sure you'll agree. And uh, Olafson is looked at by the face of a middle-aged man who goes, I'm feeling sick! And then he sprays like projectile vomits on you. And, uh, oh, it's acidic. And does six points of damage to you from his terrible vomitous face. And then, uh, Munson, another face looks over at you. It's a face of a blue-eyed girl. A little girl. This thing's a lullaby, a little lullaby. But it doesn't make you fall asleep or anything, but you feel very light. And you realize that you're weightless and you're starting to float in the middle of the room, Munson. And now what do you guys do? Well, I'm floating up in here, but... You know what? I just realized I'm a, I'm a, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an immortal. I, I'm, I'm descended from Atlanteans, and uh, I, I'm immortal. Well, so, gee, I wonder where he picked that idea up from. <laughs> so, uh, hell, don't, don't bother me none. You know, I'm, I'm just floating here. Woo, good times. Okay, so you do nothing except for float and have a good time. And, uh, Olaf, so what do you do? You've just been vomited all over with hot stinging acid vomit. Well, I think that was sufficiently gross that he's going to vomit right back, because <laughs> why not? I mean, <laughs> okay. You projectile vomit right back, and we're just going to assume that's got enough spray that you're automatically going to hit the horror face. And, uh, hey, uh, says a mutton chopped face. You hit, you hit it in uh, one of the 30 faces that you hit with your vomit is a mutton chopped face of a pig nosed man. And uh, he's like, all right. And what do you do, Kitty? Well, I'm grounded. Can I take a nerve pill right. while I'm grounded? 
Oh, sure. You could take a Nerf pill. I'm going to take so, a Nerf pill while I'm grounded. I mean, you technically weren't allowed to. You were only allowed to sit quietly without fidgeting and read. But yeah, you take the Nerf pill, and I'll just tell you what it is after you swallow it, and I'll tell you it's actually a heady mixture of strychnine, morphine, opium, uh, and uh, guinine, and lithium salts, and cocaine. Oh. So use your imagination on how you would like to uh, handle that. And it doesn't give you back any hit points at all. <laughs> of course um, it does So there you go. There's your Nerf pill. And that's your turn. And so, hey, guess what? It's the Horaface's turn again. And he laughs out loud. And uh, this time, though, lurches in forward around the room. Now he's got a lot of faith. He can bite a lot of times with that mouth. And uh, he rushes over and, oh, my gosh, rolls an 18 and takes a nice big bite out of our good friend Olafsson doing seven points of damage with a great big tearing bite. And to uh, uh, to Munson, I roll a 16, which I believe will hit you, and he does six points of damage to you. And then finally, I rolled a 16 again, which would hit our good friend Kitty Carson, and you take five points of damage from the horror phase. And now it's your turn. What do you do, Olafson? been bitten rather badly yeah well i have two sanity left and one hit point left so uh, so he's not i assume he's not in much shape to do much of anything but he will uh uh lacking any other ideas um i guess he'll try to shoot it with his revolver okay yes might as well go down fighting right so you fire at the natural face has a Natural 20, which will be double damage. So that's great. And you might need it, because uh, it has uh, 80 hit points. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to... But roll, I just want to see, you know. No, oh, and I rolled a 3, so 6 damage. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, however, for each hit, you disable one of the heads, starting with 30 in the faces, so I work it back. So that's good. Even if you do one point of damage to it at all. So, theoretically, if you were to hit it 30 times, you know, you could wipe out each face. No, I'll be dead way before that. But it cried out. You may be, you very, may very well be dead. And what do you do, Munson? Well, that wasn't very nice. Now, can I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to try to float, like, over, I don't know if I'm actually floating. Or am I just thinking? Yeah, you're levitating. Okay. You're levitating. You know, you really, really are, yeah. All right, so I'm going to try to... Get a little closer to, uh, you okay. know, kind of like make some swimming movements in the air to get in melee because I always just have this knife, so I'm going to try to okay. stab it. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, attack with a disadvantage because, you know, you're awkwardly trying to swim in air over to it. And, you know, when you fling forward with one arm, your back legs kick up from the fort, you know. Yeah. So okay. roll twice and take the worst result, the one that's okay. least beneficial to you. Uh, oh, so uh, one. Uh, plus uh, plus no, bonus no, no, no. would be six. Okay. Well, you don't hit yeah. it, that's for sure. And how about Kitty Carson? What are you doing? And don't forget about your brother in the cage. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um... All right. Well, Kitty's fueled up on cocaine and feeling no pain. 
um, for starters. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot this thing with my rifle. Okay. And do it, I'm do it. just feeling completely invincible, and there's like no caution in my action. I'm absolutely confident. And okay. Well, armor class is 16. You uncouth, evil, destructive horror face! You're going down! What's his armor class? 16. 16. Oh, I just barely missed. You barely missed him, and now he, many of his faces grin evilly, and he looks at all of you again, and he looks at you, Kitty Carson, uh, with the face of an elderly, elderly man, and suddenly you find yourself, oh no, aging, aging, you age 11 years in one instant when the elderly face looks at you, and then the horror face glares over at Olafson, and it is the cold blue face of a hag, perhaps an ice hag that Thor Thorson himself might have faced in times long gone, but she em- emits a streamer of ice out of her mouth and covers you with ice. You have to make a strength test to break free of the ice. Uh, Fifteen would be the target number. Uh, uh, no on, on my turn? Or like, no. Yeah, on your turn, yeah. yeah, Taking up your turn, essentially. But no damage done to you, fortunately. And then, finally, Munson uh, is gazed at with the face of a very small boy who emits such a high-pitched shriek that you can feel intense, intense pain upon your eardrums. And you actually take... Oh, Jesus... It's going to be seven points of damage, and blood runs out from your ears, and uh, you, oh. you're, you like, half deaf now forever. You can still hear, well, but I'm you're, like, hard of hearing Probably now. all deaf, because I'm dead. Um, oh, no! Negative in fact, two. In fact, his uh, blood actually gushes out of his ears. And, it don't and, matter to me. I'm, uh, I'm immortal. His head <laughs> cracks open, just as he says, immortal. <laughs> And uh, all of you are showered in his brain matter yeah, and, he, and bits of his skull. Like falls from the air and splatters. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually funnier if he keeps levitating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like floating around in the air with like the head, and it's like you guys are trying to fight, and he's like floating around in there now. Um, you guys are starting to feel like the horror face will kill you, and um, it is your turn, uh, Olaf. Would you like to break out of the ice? You can make a strength test. 15, yeah, I'll give it a sh- shot, I suppose. I might. Well, I rolled a one, so. Oh, no, you're, he's stuck in there. Okay, you look at one of your friends is dead. One of them is, like, encased in ice. What do you do, Kitty? Your brother's still in the cage. The horror face is gloating with the 29 faces it has remaining. And you can see your life's flashing before your eyes. I'm going to go after my brother. I'm going to try to get to him. Okay, well... You run over and try to grab your brother. Ryan uh, has tried to get out in this turn. He can't. Gunny is dead. Uh, the horror face rushes over and bites you once for six points of damage. And then he bites you again, but he misses that one, actually. And he bites you a third time, but he misses you on that one. He bites you a fourth it time. doesn't matter. And does one point of damage, but oh, no. She was dead after the first bite. 
Oh no, she's dead at first bite. And uh, Olafson is frozen. And what becomes of Olafson? We don't know, because there's no one alive who can tell his tale. Maybe someday, someone will come here, seeking him out. Maybe he'll unthaw and become a meal for the horror face. Who knows? Frozen dinner. <laughs> he may become a frozen yeah. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I think while he's frozen, he's probably, like, dreaming or he's, like, you know, has, <clears throat> has the delusion that he's, like, found <clears throat> found evidence that he was looking for. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has no yeah. idea well, what's really happening. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's down to two sanity anyway, so he's pretty much nuts as well as pretty much dead, so. Yeah, yeah. I think actually he is conscious still, you know, though inside of that ice. And your voice inside your head says, Don't worry. Persevere. Wait. I will give you strength. I am your ancestor. The blood of Thor Thorson runs in your veins. And one more thing. Happy Halloween! And that's where I think we'll go ahead and wrap up our, uh, our thing tonight. I do believe that... Uh, Goonie has something he wanted to tell us about, though, which is pretty cool, before we uh, sign off. Yeah, I was just going to give an update for my podcast, uh, my audio drama podcast, Dickie Newton, which uh, by the time this episode comes out, should have already come out on the 17th of October. And for long-time listeners, uh, you will have already heard, because we did release the uh, like a early version of the first episode last year but I just wanted to let everyone know that it is out officially you know it's its own podcast now and you can listen to it on any well wherever you get your podcasts and uh, you can go to the website which is uh, dickynewton.podbean.com and you can find it on YouTube and uh it will only be a monthly podcast, so it's going to come out on like the third Tuesday of each month. And, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, smash all the buttons and all that. And help me out. And it's great. And, of course, uh, Plunger actually makes a guest appearance, and I think he steals the entire show, I believe. Yes. Well, and Chip is his presence as well in, in some episodes. Yeah, starting with episode number two, you'll get to hear Plunger and Chip. But uh, Plunger is sadly absent from episode one, and his loss is quite quite felt in the, uh, the broadcast. But that's it for our Halloween special this year. So when we join you again, we'll be uh, returning to Into the Odd. In the meantime, check out the Dickie Newton podcast and, uh, you know, make sure to check all your candy. Don't eat any apples with razor blades in them. Yeah, because, you know, there's nothing that murderers like to do more than, uh, you know, put razor blades in Tootsie Rolls or whatever. That's that's yep. that's just been yeah. every year. We we just, all had to deal with it when we trick or treated. We constantly had right. razor blades. We're like, damn it, not yeah, another right. one. Yeah, every candy yeah. corn had a freaking roofie in it. I mean, it was just a nightmare. Yeah, I know. You know, we did it. it. We made it. The through. devil worshippers 
in the 80s. They yeah. were responsible for it. <laughs> yeah, well, they were playing all that Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, so yeah. Right. of course. Exactly. Which, we, which we have never played on this podcast and never will because of the horrible devil influence. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't want to deal with that. Okay, well, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world. And check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. But I actually did write poetry. <laughs> Let's cold close it with some poetry. Thor left his home, behest of king. Umlaut joined as they sought skins, fearing nothing through the midnight sun until they came upon the fins. Reindeery feast upon the caps and stems that grant them carnal bliss. Thor, unafraid, did track them down so Umlaut then could drink their piss. Back to Trondheim then they went, but Smoothtooth filled the king with lies. A battle then to find the truth. A battle, yes, but no one dies. The losers rallied up a mob and burned Thor's house down to the ground. Escape they did upon a ship. There was the king's fair cousin found. (laughs) That's all I got. That's as far as you got. That's great, though. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're going to... You gave uh, Umlaut a run for his money because he was a... Scald or something. He's a scald. Yeah, he was yeah. a poet, but uh, sounds like uh, any extracurricular poems. Thor was the one that passed down the the poetic genes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. A little Easter egg there for the long time listeners. Cool. Cool.